welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and my mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life, regardless of your age, so that you can show up in life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. I want to let you know that if you're enjoying this podcast, I have additional free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find my mini guides on nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle. So feel free to head over there, scroll through the guides, and download anything that looks helpful to you. Today we have another edition of the Coach's Corner, so no guests today, it's just me, and we'll be back next week with our regular interview format. So I'm doing things a little bit differently today. I'm actually traveling for a dog show this week, and I'm in my Airbnb right now instead of my office with my usual setup, so hopefully my audio quality is okay. Now, here's what we're covering in today's episode. I start off talking about my favorite four superfoods and why I try to incorporate them into my diet every single day. And then I pose the question, is it realistic to think that you can be in the best shape of your life after age 50? So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. My favorite superfoods. What do you think of when you hear the word superfood? When I Google superfoods, after I get past the supplement ads, I get foods like berries, dark leafy greens, broccoli, eggs, salmon, oats, cottage cheese, green tea, beans, nuts and seeds, kefir, yogurt, and garlic. But today I want to talk about a few of my personal favorite superfoods. And number one on this list is definitely algae, specifically spirulina and chlorella. Collectively, these two algaes are the most nutrient-dense substances on the planet. They each contain over 40 vitamins and minerals, and according to NASA studies, one gram of algae contains the equivalent nutrition of 1,000 grams of fruit and vegetables. Now, I've made no secret about the fact that I'm just not a huge vegetable fan. As a certified nutrition coach, I understand how critical it is to get a wide variety of healthy veggies into my body every day, and I try to do that. But to me, algae is my hedge against missing my vegetable target. In other words, I eat algae in addition to my veggies, not in place of. But another consideration is the state of modern farming. When we go to the grocery store and pick up our organic spinach, broccoli, and carrots, these foods are far removed from their original ancestor plants. They are likely farmed far away from where you live, perhaps even in another country, and on a huge industrial farm. This practice is known as monocropping, and the result is that these foods are grown in nutrient-depleted soils, hence the requirement for heavy fertilization, and poor soil nutrients results in poor nutrients in our vegetables. In addition, these large agribusinesses over time have selectively bred these vegetables for two main characteristics, shelf stability and sweetness. If you think about a farmer growing 100 acres of spinach, 
it's in his best interest to grow a hardy crop that will survive a couple of days of transportation, a few more days of warehousing, and then a week or so of shelf life in your local grocery store. Additionally, our tastes have changed and farmers are selectively breeding vegetables for sweeter tastes. For example, the original spinach plant can be traced back to ancient Persia and would have had a much more bitter flavor. Unfortunately, industrial farmers aren't selectively breeding our plants for their nutrient density, but rather for sweetness and for longevity. So your best bet is to A, grow your own vegetables, or B, buy your produce locally at, say, a farmer's market. Okay, so back to algae. Algae is industrially grown primarily in Asia, where it's one of their largest crops, but it's grown in fresh water. And before we go any further, you should know that there are huge differences in the quality and pureness of both spirulina and chlorella. Most of the spirulina and chlorella you see in the supplement aisle of your local health food store is produced in China, and it's heat-dried and is of poor quality and may or may not have been rigorously tested for impurities. More about that in a minute, but let's start with spirulina. Spirulina is one of the oldest forms of life on the planet, first appearing over 4 billion years ago. And the significance of this is that spirulina is thought to be the first light form that converted sunlight into energy via photosynthesis, with the byproduct being oxygen. And today, scientists believe that algae and other phytoplankton are responsible for over 80% of the Earth's atmospheric oxygen. Okay, so that little science lesson is all well and good, but why should you regularly eat spirulina? As mentioned earlier, the number one reason is the incredible nutrient density. But spirulina has other benefits, the main one being that spirulina increases athletic performance by reducing muscle fatigue and postponing the point of exhaustion. I find that regularly eating spirulina also helps boost my focus during long, grueling workouts. Regularly consuming spirulina is also associated with an increase in fat loss. One study showed that taking a 6-gram dose of spirulina prior to moderate cardio decreased oxidative damage, decreased glucose oxidation, and increased the amount of fat being burned for fuel. All great things. And there have been quite a few other studies that show that spirulina reduces obesity biomarkers. And finally, spirulina may also help improve memory by preventing oxidative damage in the brain. So, chlorella and spirulina are often lumped together when discussing the health benefits of algae, but they are in fact quite different. While spirulina is particularly good for energy because it has no cell wall, it takes very little time to digest and it, that makes it an instant source of vitamins and protein. Chlorella, on the other hand, has one of the strongest cell walls in the plant kingdom. It digests very slowly, allowing its super high chlorophyll content to detoxify your body. So where spirulina assists with activity and energy, chlorella assists with detoxification and recovery. There are tons of studies proving chlorella's ability to remove toxins, primarily through a process called chelation, and it can assist with recovery from intense exercise by helping remove lactic acid from our tissues. Chlorella also stimulates immune function, and we could all use some of that right now, as well as helps lower cholesterol and improves blood pressure. 
So given the unique health properties of both these algae, I typically take spirulina every morning and chlorella every evening before bed. And how much I take generally depends on what's going on. For everyday general health and nutrition support, I eat about one and a half grams of each. But if I have a hard workout coming up that day, I'll bump my spirulina up to about seven or eight grams. And for very intense workouts, say a competition with an all-out max effort, I might bump that up to 12, 14, 15 grams. And similarly with chlorella, if I'm recovering from a hard workout or if I've had a few alcoholic drinks, I'll up my dose to seven or eight grams. Or if I'm really sore or sick, I'll bump my chlorella all the way up to 15, maybe even 20 grams. Now, here's a pro tip. If you're new to eating algae, my recommendation is to start slow. I've been eating algae for a little less than a year now. And when I first started, I charged hard at this with a max dose. And let's just suffice it to say that that was unwise of me as my body seemed to be uncertain of what to do with all of these newfound vitamins and minerals. So maybe start slowly and build your way up if you're new to spirulina and chlorella. And if you're interested in learning more about the history or the health benefits of spirulina and chlorella, I interviewed Catherine Arnston a while back on this podcast. Catherine is the CEO and chief science officer of Energy Bits, and they are the brand that I use. They are quite simply the highest quality algae that you can buy in the market. So if you're interested in learning more, you can check them out at www.energybits.com. And you can use the coupon code SILVEREDGE, that's SILVEREDGE with no spaces, at checkout for a 20% savings. And I'll drop links to their website as well as the podcast interview in the show notes, which you can find over at silveredgefitness.com slash episode 86. Okay, so I didn't really mean to ramble on that long about algae, but it really does top my list of superfoods. But next up has to be mushrooms. Mushrooms come in all colors, shapes, sizes, and they run the culinary range from delicious to deadly. The mushrooms you most commonly find in the grocery store, your button mushrooms, shiitake, portobellos, sometimes oyster mushrooms, are all high in antioxidants, a great source of fiber. They have lots of B vitamins, and they have minerals such as selenium and copper and potassium. But if you really want to get into the superfood power from fungi, you want to be adventurous and track down some of the off-the-beaten-path varieties. Mushrooms such as lion's mane, reshi, chanterelle, and chaga all have incredible nutrient density. And the best part about mushrooms is that they're fairly easy to grow yourself, and there are even some simple kits that come with everything you need to get started. Another option is to hunt for some of these rare fungi in your local health food stores. Now, many of these varieties are available on places like Amazon, but I really like Etsy for hard-to-find mushrooms. It seems like an unlikely place, but many of these vendors wild harvest the mushrooms themselves, and when you buy from someone like Amazon, it's really difficult to determine the source and or the quality. But the absolute best way to obtain mushrooms is to go out into the woods and pick them yourself. Now, a word of caution, you'll want an experienced guide as you get started, as there are certain mushrooms that are downright deadly. 
but there are mushroom foraging groups popping up all over the place. Try a Google search for your area to see if you can find one of these groups close to you. And speaking of foraging, that brings me to my next favorite superfood, and that's wild foraged plants. Similar to mushrooms, edible plant foraging groups are becoming quite popular, and there's a good chance that there may be a group near you. Again, just Google wild plant foraging and then the city that's close to you. As I mentioned above when talking about our produce basically being factory farm and becoming sweeter and less and less nutrient dense, with wild foods, it's the exact opposite. Most edible greens are extremely nutrient dense and most are quite bitter, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's just that we've become so accustomed to our domestic vegetables becoming so sweet over time. And as an added bonus, when we forage for our plants and mushrooms, we're out in nature and we're moving our bodies as intended. And speaking of being out in nature and moving our bodies as intended, my last but certainly not least favorite superfood is wild fish and game. I could go on and on about the virtues of hunting and fishing for our protein, but for our purposes here on this podcast, I'll simply say that hands down, the highest quality meat you can put in your body is wild fish and game. So if you're a hunter or a fisher, you are ahead of the game and you most likely already understand this. If you are not, you might want to at least consider harvesting your own meat. For most people, the easiest point of entry is fishing. If you live near any substantial body of water, there are likely edible fish, mollusks, eel, and other tasty critters swimming around. You just need to figure out how to capture and prepare them. If you live near the beach, then you have even more options. In addition to fishing, you can collect clams, oysters, mussels, crabs, etc. Now, the next step up is hunting, and this can range from small mammals and birds to large game. Now, if the thought of killing your protein makes you a bit squeamish, consider this. For most of human history, we killed and prepared our own meat. It's only recently that we've outsourced this task, and the unfortunate consequence of this is the rise of factory farming, which is nothing short of horrendous and despicable. If you still decide that fishing and hunting aren't for you, perhaps you could befriend a hunter. But if you have to buy meat, try your best to buy local meat from small farms. I'm lucky enough to live at the beach and I happen to be passionate about fishing, but there are some great local seafood markets where I can easily walk in and ask what came in fresh that day. I'm also a big fan of services like ButcherBox, I've been using them for over two years now, and I absolutely love them. Each month, they deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished meats from small, independently-owned farms right to my doorstep. Okay, so there you have it. My favorite four superfoods are algae, specifically spirulina and chlorella, mushrooms, which I guess you could lump in with wild-forged plants, as well as wild fish and game. That's not to say you shouldn't eat berries, kale, and avocados. You certainly should. But consider these other options if you're looking to up-level your nutrition game. Can you really be in the best shape of your life over 50? If you've listened to this podcast long enough, 
you've probably heard me say that my mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life. In fact, I said exactly that in the intro of the show. But how realistic is that? Is that just hyperbole? I mean, can you really realistically get into the best shape of your life if you're over 50? Well, that depends. Certainly, if you were a collegiate athlete, you're probably not going to have more athletic prowess at 60 than you did in your 20s. But for the vast majority of us who never really set the fitness bar high in our younger years, the resounding answer is absolutely yes, we can get into the best shape of our life in our 50s, 60s, or 70s. I'm 57 right now, almost 58, and I'm 100% in the best shape of my life. I'm stronger than I've ever been. My body composition is the best it's ever been. My mobility, that is my strength and control through full ranges of motion, is better than it's ever been. And my work capacity is better and stronger than it's ever been. I'm quantifiably healthier than I've ever been. And all of these qualities flow over into other areas of my life. I'm a more capable human. I'm more confident. I have more energy. And I honestly feel like I'm more alive now than ever. But here's the thing. By starting this podcast, I've had the honor and privilege of speaking with many others who have experienced this exact same thing. If you haven't already done so, go back and listen to the episode I did not long ago with Shelley Stetner. That was episode 74. She's 70 years old and not only as strong as she's ever been in her life, but she is shattering powerlifting world records. And she considered herself a frail old lady in her mid-60s and didn't pick up a barbell until her late 60s. Stories like these are real-world examples of it's never too late and you're never too old to start. So if you're someone who's been fit their entire life, hats off to you. And my encouragement to you is to spread your knowledge and your passion with others who have not been so active. But if you're like me, someone who's been off and on active throughout their entire life, or someone like Shelly, who really wasn't active at all, my challenge to you is this. Be bold enough to believe that you can, in fact, get into the best shape of your life. It all starts with that affirmation, that shift in mindset, that willingness to transform your life. And if you're hearing this and you're thinking, yeah, maybe I can do that, but you just don't know where to start, hit me up. I'd love to start a conversation with you. You can always reach me via email at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. I'll put the links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you can find that over at silveredgefitness.com slash episode 86. And please don't forget to check out silveredgefree.com for more great resources on how to live your healthiest, strongest life after 50. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. You can always leave a comment on this episode page or feel free to email me with any comments or questions from today's show. Send emails to coach at silveredgefitness.com. I want to thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I'll be back next week with my regular interview format. But for today, that's it. So until next time, 
stay strong.